So we're in a series entitled Confession of Faith, Confession of Faith. And I was thinking about this sermon this week because I don't know if you realize it or not, but I, I know I just said it, but I'm preaching all week, okay, so I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the middle of devotions. i got to go to the devotion classes. i got to hang out with the students as they're playing knocker ball out in the field in these large blow-up things that they're running into each other, okay? I think we had more accidents and, and, and people getting hurt, okay, and we had fun, okay, but it was pretty awesome, and uh, uh, kids just getting flipped over and just getting rocked, okay, basketball, all these activities, and so I was thinking about putting this sermon together, so we're on our way up there, we're driving up there, I'm trying to put a sermon together, all right, I'm working in between everything, trying to put a sermon together, I'm thinking about Sunday, but then I got to think about Monday night, because I got to preach, and Tuesday night, because I got to preach, and Wednesday night, because I got to preach, and Thursday night, because I got to preach, then I'm trying to get back here, so I can preach to you, amen, so I got all this stuff in my head, but I wanted to share this morning with you the idea about the confession, uh, a confession of faith, and here's the question, what are you passing on? What are you passing on? What is it that you are passing on? If you were to ask this culture, especially in America, this culture says that success is raising well-rounded, well-educated, and happy children. The problem with well-rounded, amen, let's expose them to all sorts of different things and all sorts of different cultures and all sorts of different beliefs and all sorts of different things like this brings dis, uh, brings disorder, it brings confusion, and it brings chaos. And I want to tell you this morning that education is great. I'm so grateful for it. But if our children score insanely high on their ACT tests, yet they have no integrity, they have no values, they have no godly character, then they are not successful at what matters most especially in this life. And this life is just a vapor. It's just a small window of opportunity on this earth and eternity is forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And that's just getting eternity started. Come on, somebody. Amen. It goes on and on and on. And I know a lot of people that say, Pastor Mike, culture declares we just want, we just need our kids to be completely and utterly happy. And then they say things like this, and you've seen this, and in some mindsets, you can literally destroy, you can literally dismantle, you can literally disregard anything so long as happiness is at stake. I've seen marriages fall apart because the husband wasn't happy. I've seen wives walk out the door because wives weren't happy. I've seen children walk out the door of their homes because they weren't happy and it's just kind of like we could dismantle that no one cares nobody even you know pays attention to that in this day and age and hour praise God but that's foolishness and that's deception at its highest level you've seen careers you've seen people from the very top uh, ranks of companies just so long as they're happy just so long as the customer is happy they'll dismantle all of their values because we're busy trying to make people happy. That's deception. Come on, somebody help me. It's foolishness. And the dilemma is, is that God has called us to be a holy people. Somebody say holy. 
Amen. Now, being holy means to be set apart, to be used of God's purposes and used of God's kingdom. We're going to look at Psalm chapter 112. And I'm only going to do verse 1 through 6 that we're going to study this morning. I think there's about 10 verses. I could be wrong. There might be 11. But I think there's 10. And Psalm 112 goes like this, verse 1. It says, Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. Amen? It's not a burden to them. They're excited to walk in the purposes of God. Look at verse 2. You're talking about happiness. You want your kids to be happy. Look at me, moms and dads. You want your kids to be happy. You want your family to be happy. You want your family to be purpose. Look at this, verse 2. Their children will be successful everywhere. Do you see that? Whose children? Those who praise the Lord, who fear the Lord, who delight in obeying his commands. Am Am I making sense right there? Are we seeing it? Okay. It says their children will be successful everywhere. Watch this. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Wealth is not just about the American dollar. Somebody help me here. Wealth is about your health. It's about the strength that you have around and about you. It's about your family and friends. It's not about stuff. Amen. That's good stuff right there. It says they themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous. Who is? The godly. The godly people. They're generous. They're compassionate. They're righteous. Amen. And good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. And finally, verse 6, such people will not be overcome by evil. Those people, can you see it right there? Those people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. We're still preaching sermons about them. We're still talking about them. We're still talking about all the good things that they have done and or doing are, are continuing to do. Amen. Because the righteous, God has a space for them. So if I was to tell you this morning one thing that we need to do, this is my baton. Pastor Mike, are you a runner? No, I just got a baton. Amen. Hey, what's Forrest Gump's password? One Forrest one. I heard you laugh, Craig. I heard you laugh. That was cheesy, bro. My joke was cheesy, not your laugh. I heard you laugh. That was good. One force, one. I'm not a runner, but I believe in passing on something to the next generation. Amen. I believe I'm passing some things. I'm going to share a few things with you this morning. Number one, the very first thing that I think that we ought to pass on, and, and I've told you this, I think there's a special place for people in heaven who take notes and who can look back and refer to those notes to be a strength and an encouragement under their life. I was teaching those teenagers about it uh, this last week. I told them there's a special place in heaven. I'm probably lying to them. Amen. But, but I think that taking notes is good. It's a good space for you to get into. Amen. So here's point number one. Pass on the joy of knowing God personally. Amen? You got to pass that on. Verse two, 
In, in this scripture right here in Psalm 112, it talks about their children will be successful ever. Listen, biological children or children who have been adopted in, God's children are everywhere. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, with or without children, this is an imperative vision to embrace and to obtain. You may be a single adult, but you still need to be passing on the joy of knowing God personally. Amen? Your whole life, each and every one of us, preparing them, training them up in the way that they should go, that when they're old, they will not depart from God's word, they will not depart from God's house, they will not depart from God's ways, and they will glorify God in all that they do. Why? Because those people, those righteous ones will be remembered. Those people right there will not be overcome with evil. They'll be generous and compassionate, those people. So we're training them. We're teaching them. Come on, somebody. I love verse 3. It talks about, verse 3 talks about uh, they themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. Listen, as Christ followers, we're going to live in such a way that our values and our good deeds outlast us. Amen? My uncle is in the state of Florida right now and it doesn't look very good. He's, he's, his body is just racked full of cancer. He said he signed a DNR and he stated that he, he, he's ready to go home. He's a Christian. I'm so grateful for that, but he may pass away in just the next few moments. I have no idea what's going to transpire. We've prayed the prayer of faith. Amen. We've believed God for a miracle. Amen. But if he passes away, we know that he is ready to go. And I can't wait to go down and preach his funeral. I don't know when I'm gonna, I don't know when it's gonna happen. I'm gonna have to figure it out. My family said, Are you gonna be able to get down here? I said, I'll do whatever I have to do to get down there to be with you guys. Amen. Because he's such a patriarch and he's taught his children. Oh, He's taught his children how to love God. He's taught his children about a love for the church. He's taught his children about a love for God's kingdom. Amen. And we see situations like this. and We're going to live in a way that's going to outlast us. And I believe that as the church we're called to unleash Christ-centered, biblically anchored world changers. Amen. That's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for my kids as kids. Amen. Now look at verse 4. Light shines in the darkness. You, are, you, are you looking at that verse? God's children are generous. God's children are compassionate. God's children are righteous. These are attributes. These are character traits of the children of God. Am I making sense right there? Move on. Verse 6. The righteous will be long remembered. That's legacy. That's impartation. That's godly biblical success. Amen. See, inheritance is something that you leave for someone, but legacy is something that you leave in someone. Huh? Legacy is something that you impart into their life. Amen. You teach them how to walk in that place and in that space. Amen. The baton of faith. This greatest gift that you can ever give your children is a life lived in sincere faith before God. Sincere faith. Amen. Pass on purity. Pass on integrity. Pass on character. Pass on truth. Pass on compassion. Pass on forgiveness. Pass on passion. Amen. Pass on kindness. Pass on justice. We've got work to do, church. Amen. In a world filled with relativism, 
where it's very difficult for anyone to take a stance for constant truth. They'll just cancel you if you stand up for truth. Amen? Listen, listen, listen. God says those who stand up for righteousness and truth, they won't be canceled. Am I making sense to you? Amen? How many years, how many decades, how many hundreds of years, how many thousands of years have they been trying to cancel Jesus? Huh? Guess what's still the most sold book every year and has been since its inception, okay? Since they started paying attention, the Word of God. Amen? It's, it's, it's there. It's real. Amen. You can't cancel Jesus, praise God. And uh, Everybody, they want to, we're, we're trying to take a stance for constant truth. Our children will be biblically anchored. Am I making sense right there? And, and because of that, they're going to make a local, a global and an eternal difference. They're going to make a global difference, praise God. Amen. We're going to make a global difference. And in that, we're going to make an eternal difference. Praise God. I thank God for Diane and the House of Hope. They're making an eternal difference as much as they're making a global difference. Amen. We're going to do the same. We're going to be a part of what God is doing. And I pray today that if you're 8 years old or 108, you're inspired to use your gifts and to help the next generation have a hunger and a desire for faith in Jesus Christ. What we become, we know this as parents and as leaders and as Christ followers. Amen. We know that what we expose our children to determines what they'll become. Amen. What we expose them to. Listen, if you love basketball and you expose your children to basketball, you guys talk about basketball and you go see the games and you're spending time watching those games, they're probably going to love basketball more than they love science. Now, I'm not criticizing science. I'm grateful for it. I'm making a statement about what we impart into the lives of our children. Praise God. In Proverbs chapter 10, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, the Bible says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Man, I wish I would have read that at 14, 15, 16. Somebody help me. Amen. Oh, wait, my parents were trying to help me. I just wasn't listening. Huh? There was people around me. There was leaders around me. I thought I knew it all. We don't have any teenagers like that here at Hope City Church, but that's how I lived, you guys. Scripture teaches us to expose them to godly wisdom, expose them to wise people, and they will become wise. But watch this. But if you help them and you expose them and you allow them to run around with a bunch of people who are deceived, what will happen? They will suffer half-heartedness, harm, and hardship. Praise God. Acknowledge that they are naturally going to be exposed to a ton of bad things. Praise God. We understand that. Ungodly attitudes, an over-sexualized society, materialism, prejudices, bullying, and the list goes on. Pastor Mike, how do you know that? Because I was just at youth camp. Amen? Amen? Sixth through twelfth graders, you would not believe the situations and the circumstances that they're going through in this day and age and culture. Oh, my kid, uh-uh, don't, you can't tell me that. You're deceived. 
if you think that your child hasn't dealt with some things. You're deceived if you think that your kid is not going through some things that you never thought of, dreamed of, or imagined. Listen, it's way worse than when we went to school. Way worse than when we went to school. Praise God. So as parents, watch this. As parents, we just can't force our children to love Jesus. Hello? But we can expose them to those things that increase the likelihood that they will have a first-generation hunger and a fiery desire to know Christ in an intimate and a real way. Why? Because John chapter 17 and verse 3, Jesus said, And this is the way to eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one that you sent to this earth, to know you, God. To know him. And so the problem many times in Christian homes, rather than exposing them to a relationship with God, we expose them to rules, rules, rules. And I don't have to be, a, 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 you know, I don't have to be a scientist. I don't have to be some kind of rocket scientist, some kind of genius to tell you that rules without relationship always leads to rebellion. Amen? Just people bossing us around. Do this. I ain't doing that. Huh? We're so, it's so much better when we have a relationship with them. We say, honey, here's why. Here's why we don't do that. There's a reason. I'm a guardrail as a parent. I am a guardrail. Amen? What they're getting ready to drive off of is sheer cliff. What you're going around, son, what you're going around, honey, uh, to my daughter, what you're getting ready to go around is sheer cliff, and the, and the corner right there is super tight, so slow down. Amen? I'm a guardrail. Praise God. I don't want to have to be a winch, right, to drag my kids back out of that space, and I hope they're still alive. Praise God. So rules without relationship lead to rebellion. And I'm convinced that the next generation is not rejecting Jesus Christ as much as they're rejecting legalism and hypocrisy. Somebody help me preach this morning. Praise God. That's all right. Thank you for that splattering of applause. Anytime there's something good, I, I, I did this and I still do this with my kids. Anytime there's something good, I give God credit for it in front of my kids. I tell them how good he is, how kind that he is, how gracious that he is unto our life. And I talk about, hasn't God blessed us? Hasn't God been good to us? Listen, when was the last time you gave God credit for anything? Especially something good. Look at what just happened. This is a good thing. We're so blessed to be in this space. Come on. Amen. We want our children to know God through his word. We want them to experience him through the power of prayer. And so many are intimidated by this. Like there's no way we could ever read devotionals, Pastor Mike, or have a prayer meeting at our house. You can just forget that. I just can't pass the baton on. I'll leave it. That's impossible for us to ever kind of make that impact in the lives of our children. I just got, I'm just not going to pass that on. I'm going to go ahead and pass on education. I'm going to go ahead and pass on the, uh, you know, the teachings of the four. 401k. I'm going to go ahead and pass on a few manners, you know, as long as my kid's happy. It's just impossible for me to try to pass on faith. It's impossible for me to try to do that. Listen, listen, I can't, I can't ever achieve God's request, right? And I want to tell you something. We do not, at the Coling Home, 
We do not have a set time of prayer in our home, and we never have. We don't show up at 6 a.m. Hey, guys, everybody's waking up at 6 a.m. It's time for prayer at the Coling House. But we always pray. Amen? We're, we're passing on those tiny moments. We're passing on those bigger moments. We're, we're, we're praying consistently. We're praying continually. We pray when there's a physical hurt or feelings are hurt. We pray when there's a big game, a test, or a work thing that's coming up. We pray when someone's fighting with one another. And then we make them hug it out. It's their favorite part, the hugging it out. It's their favorite. Ask them. They love that part. We pray when there's a storm. We pray when there's a sickness. We pray when people are afraid. We pray for the needs of others. We pray for the guidance of God. We pray for our missionaries and our ministers every time we sit down for a meal and we say, God, we thank you for this meal and I thank you for the missionaries all around the world. Give them the finances and the resources that they need to preach the gospel. Amen. So we're imparting something. Not only do they believe in the power of prayer, but they study God's word. It's never been a rule. We don't show up at 6.15 a.m. You guys, it's prayer and study the word time. You can do that. That's an awesome space for you as a parent, okay? But taking that time to walk them to devotionals and read God's word together, it's never been a rule. It's just culturally what we do. They see us do it. They see us write. TK, she'll write on everything. Anything that she can spray some Windex on and clean back off, she writing stuff on it. Come on. Amen. Signs and mirrors and glass, okay? I'm surprised she hasn't done it on our windshields yet, okay? Driving down the road, you know, I mean, I'm trying to read the scripture, trying to see the cars, right? And we refer to God's word daily. Our kids have said, Mom, our kids have said, Mom and Dad, they're not perfect, but they do talk to God. They experience God, and I want that. Amen. God corrects us, and he convicts us, and he comforts them. Amen. God will he'll lead and empower them. Listen, if your children do not have a first generation love for Jesus, maybe you as the te- uh, maybe you as the parent, you as the adult need to turn the heat up. Maybe you need to seek him personally. Maybe you need to slip your hands up in worship. Maybe they need to walk in on you praying and talking to God in your home. Maybe they need to walk in, and, and you're just kind of jamming. Uh, Katie was making fun of me. Katie, where you at? I saw you. There she is. I, I come in, and the worship team was singing a song, and I was just like, come on, man. Yeah, you. I was going all kind of crazy. She said, she just kind of looked at me and started laughing. I said, I'm just cheerleading. I'm just cheering it on. Come on, somebody. I'm just cheering it on. And it's imperative that they see it and experience it. Point number two, I've only got three this morning. I think I have three this morning, Okay. Pretty positive there's only three this morning. The second thing we need to do, we need to pass on the presence and the power of God in his church. In his church. I I love my uncle. I I love my uncle, and no matter what happens, I I love my uncle. And I love his heart for the church. He's He's had fights with people in the church. He still loves the church. He still believes in the church. He's given his time, his talent, his treasure unto the kingdom of God, but he still loves the church, and he's had some fights with some people in the church, even the pastors of the church at times. Huh? But he still loves the church. He still loves them as people. And I love his heart and his passion for God's kingdom. I love that. He still loves the church. Listen, you, you, we've got to pass that on. We've got to say, hey, you've got to pass this on. Listen, if you miss church, you really do miss a lot. You do. Listen, this isn't a church commercial. 
This is a kingdom commercial. Amen. This is a kingdom of God commercial. God will speak to you as you're shaking hands and greeting others and making friends. God will deal with you. He'll speak to your heart and say, hey, that young lady right there needs another hug. Go ahead and hug it. Go ahead and squeeze a little tighter. Hey, that young man right there needs you to pray for him. God will speak to you during church service. Amen. God will speak to you as, as you worship. He'll speak to you during that service. And you're reminded of how he has spoken to you, how he's ministered to you during the offering time. God will speak to you during the sermon. God will speak to you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. He'll bring healing to your heart or correction to your soul during the altar time. God will reshape you. He'll redefine you. He'll rebuke you. He'll resurrect you. He'll restore you. Come on. You miss a lot when you miss the church services. You miss it. You missed something. I couldn't wait to get to God's house and hearing that, listen, with your family and discussing what God is saying. Every single week is so powerful. Ask your kids. Ask them, what would you learn at church today? What'd you learn? Tell me what you learned about. Well, we played this game. I know it takes 45 minutes to hear the story. I know it does. You're asking your kids, but finally they'll get to it. Uh, they were talking about this little guy who climbed a tree. I can't remember his name, and you're like, Zacchaeus? Amen? Yeah, man, I don't know. I don't know. I know it takes 45 minutes. I told my daughter-in-law, they said, hey, they, they just got into a house. Alec and Cassie just bought a house. And they say, hey, come out, see the house. I come out, see the house. I told TK, I said, hey, I need a whole hour set aside because Tatum's going to give me the tour. <laughs> Amen. As soon as I got there, she snatched my hand up. Papa, come see my room. Let me, show, let me show you my room. And I was gone. I was gone. If it wasn't for Rexton and Emery being there at the same time they were having a, uh, having a sleepover, I'd have been there a whole hour. I'm telling you, she'd show me everything in the house. Thank God that my other grandchildren were there. They saved me. They rescued me. Discuss what God's doing in their hearts. Let me ask you a question. It's never been asked in my home. It's never been asked in my home. Dad, are we going to church this morning? We don't ask that question. They just know it's Sunday. It's Sunday. We're going to church. It's Sunday. We're headed to church. It's our way of life. It's a priority. My children want to go to church. They, they understand. Listen, it's not about we want to go to church. They understand that we are the church. There's a, can you see? The, it's so powerful. Can you see that space? There's some non-negotiables that, that we say. We, we don't ask our kids. We don't wake them up. Shaniqua, I know you. I know you don't wake your children up and say, do you want to go to school today, honey? Would you like to head to sixth grade, eighth grade? It's time for you to wake up this morning, babe. Go ahead. Okay. I, I can see it over at Shaniqua's house, okay? There is military stuff going on over there. Quarters getting popped on the beds, and they're hitting the ceilings because that blanket is tucked so tight. Amen. Because we don't give our children non-negotiables. We don't, hey, hey, would you like to go to school? Honey, when you get home today, could you do mama a favor? Would you like to do your homework? Huh? Hello? Anybody there? Non-negotiables. Amen. Non-negotiables. Here, here's, here's one. Parents are talking to me about it all the time. I mean, they're, they're 20 and 30 and 40-year-olds, okay? Non-negotiable is work. Many children don't know the value of work because their parents have yet to instill that value into their lives. 
Ooh, I'm preaching a little bit better than you're letting on this morning. I feel like I, I feel like I'm doing just a little bit. You know, I don't know. Some parents expect their children to do nothing around the house. Then they get frustrated when the kids give them exactly what they've been asking for. Nothing. You've given them no chores to do. You've given them no responsibility. And you've given them no passion. No passion for passing on the important things. Amen. A non-negotiable. I mean, you know, uh, playing a sport or being involved in an activity. Honey, I know you're playing. I, I, know you're, I know you're in the cheer squad. Would you like to put on your uniform now, babe? Would you? Is it, is it time? You think we should get ready? We should get, you know, I think we got to be there. We should, you want to put on your uniform? You want to go to practice, hon? You want to be there? Would you, would you like to? I know you're doing two-a-day, son, at the football team. You think you should put your shoulder pads on, son, and, and go ahead and head on over to the practice now? Would that be okay? We don't do that. Amen? You're going. You made a commitment. Hey, 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 you made a commitment. You're going to finish out your commitment. Oh, that's good parenting advice right there. Okay? You might not hear that from Oprah. You might not hear that from Dr. Phil. Huh? But you'll hear that from Scripture. Praise God. Amen. Lazy man shouldn't eat. It's scripture. Let's move on. Yet for so many parents, do you want to go to church today, honey? Do you want to get up and go to church? That's like the one negotiable thing that comes up again and again and again. And the bottom line is this. If you always trump church, you always trump the worship of God for every other thing. You're clearly stating its lack of importance and beliefs in your own life. Amen. So you're setting an example. Well, it's a beautiful day. We better stay home today. Kids, what are we doing today? Dad, we're staying home. It's a beautiful day. We don't belong in church today. Come on, somebody help me. Oh, it's a rainy day. We better keep the family home from church. It's raining today. The weather's rough. We better stay in. Listen, you went and got groceries? You went and paid the water bill? You filled your gas up with car? With... It's hard when y'all make fun of me. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. When you fill your car up with gas, it's what? One forest, one. Uh, oh, sweetie, you don't feel good. I, I, hey, I don't feel good. I got a hangnail. We better keep the whole family home. I mean, we got to make sure that this nail comes off of my finger and I feel a little bit, you know, put a little alcohol rub on it. Woo, we better all stay home. Come on, somebody help me. Amen. Let's move on. Let's move I think you get the point. God desperately wants us to pass on to the next generation the presence and the power of God in his church, that they long to be in his presence with other people. And I'm so thankful for those of you who serve in your local church and who serve in your local body. You have no idea the difference you make or will make or will continue to make in shaping the lives of the next generation. You've literally helped shape the next generation. My wife and I, we have never, we've always had the privilege and the pleasure of eternally investing in those around and about us. And we do not do that because we're passing 
pastors. We do that because we're Christ followers. Long before I was ever a pastor, long before somebody gave me a title and put a title over my name, I was loving on people and building them up in their faith and discipling those around and about me. Amen. And we've shared in many of their greatest successes and we've walked with them through their most difficult and overwhelming struggles. And there's something supernatural about experiencing God together, sensing his presence and then talking about it. Man, you should have been at church. God did something so powerful last night. I watched this last week at summer camp, and I'm going to point three. I watched this last week at summer camp, two, two uh, younger younger ladies, okay? They're, they're both adults, okay? I don't know how old the, the oldest one is, maybe 21, 22, and the other one is 18. And the 21-year-old was telling me, she was just sharing with me, they were talking about their parents and how sick that they were and how they've been taking care of their parents for a long time. She said, after I got out of high school, I've just been taking care of my parents, And my sister, she's just graduated high school, and she's an intern this year at summer camp. And I already spoke with her and talked with her. Her sister told me this. She didn't tell me this. Her younger sister told me this. Amen. You know, she wasn't bragging about what she was doing, but the younger sister was bragging about what her older sister was doing for her. The older sister said, hey, I want you to go to college, and I'll stay home. I'll stay home, and I'll take care of our parents. I want you to go and get an education. Okay, I want you to go and do that. The younger sister was telling me about this. And I was so impressed. I was so empowered. I was so inspired by that. Come on, somebody. That's the life of a Christ follower sometimes. Hey, I'll make a sacrifice so you can move forward. I'll make a sacrifice so you can come up and move on. Number three, pass on the thrill and the calling of being used by God individually and collectively. Praise God. We can't wait to pass on the thrill of scoring a goal or making an A on the exam. We can't wait to pass on the thrill of going to prom or playing in the middle school band. We can't wait to take our kids to the same vacation experiences our parents helped us encounter. That seems so much better than when we were children than when we get back there as adults. But I deeply desire to pass on the thrill and the eternal calling of God using them to make a difference in someone else's life. We're so serious about this at Hope City Church that we allow our students to serve. We allow them to lead. We allow them to pray. We allow them to encourage others. Come on. We allow them. We always have and we always will. It's going to be a heart and the passion and it's going to be in the core of the DNA of this church. We're going to allow those students and those children to help set up in worship and sound and media and serve in those spaces, to serve in nursery, to serve in kids, to serve in youth ministry, to set up, to tear down, to help in the parking lot, amen, to park cars, no, I'm just kidding, to help in missions ministry, to help in missions ministry and community outreach. Why? Because they're using their gifts for someone else and something else outside of themselves and they're recognizing, God just used me, God is using, he's doing something powerful in my heart. He's doing something powerful in my life. Amen. And they walk into that space and they're so excited. The Holy Spirit just gave me the words to say. I was watching as teenagers. Listen to me. I was watching as teenagers. It's my favorite part about summer camp. When the teenagers get around each other. Not when all the adults not when all the adults go out to pray. But the teenagers who were fighting on Monday Ready to just, I mean, maul each other at the beginning of the week. 
By Tuesday night, they're walking all through camp. Bro, where are we going? We're going to play basketball, man. We're going to do all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna do. And then they're praying in the altars for one another. Amen. Knowing God is using me. God is using me. God is using me. Amen. There's no greater calling. Look at how good our God is to use our gifts as the worship team comes to make a difference in someone else's life. When you see someone encourage someone else, you need to go and speak to them and say, do you realize God just used you to pour courage into their life? I went to the older sister at this summer camp, and I took 10 minutes to talk to her. I said, I respect everything that you're doing. And what you're doing as a Christ follower is selfless. What you're doing as a sister, a sibling, is selfless. But what you're doing for God's kingdom is going to move in this young lady's heart. Guess what this young lady's going to do with her life? She's going to go into the ministry. She's going to go into the ministry. She feels the call of God. Amen. She feels the call of God on her heart. She feels the call of God on her life. Praise God. It's so impactful when we're able to see our children give an emissions offering or serve on a missions trip. Laurie, we were at summer camp when our students at kids camp, at children's camp, gave over $8,000 to a missions work. Ch- children. It's powerful stuff. Thank you for loving God. Thank you for serving others, you know. Thank you for your faithfulness and commitment. You need to be saying these things to others around and about you. Encouraging, watch this, encouraging their faith, building up the church, the body of Christ, not tearing it down. You realize when you listen to someone, God just used you to make a difference in their life? Do you understand the power of affirmation? Do you understand that power? Suddenly, Something is born within them, and there's a passion, a pursuit, a baton of faith to pass on. So I gotta, I gotta do this. I'm committed to do this. Amen. Committed to pass it on to the next generation from a biblically sound perspective. I don't just go to the church. I am the church. Huh? You are the church. Teach our children. Amen. You are the church. Amen? We've proven that in this building. Do we have a building of our own? Amen. What do we need that for? I mean, it's going to be awesome. One of these days is going to be so... It's going to be so incredible. But it's the people that make up the building, that make up the calling, that make up the purpose, that make up the mission. Amen? That's honoring God. Has very little to do with the space that they're meeting in and everything to do with the heart that they're opening unto God. We're here. We're purposed. We're blueprinted by God to meet the needs of the world. And God has used us to make a difference in someone else's life. The world, the flesh, and the devil are way too late to try to convince us otherwise. Amen. They showed up, the devil showed up a little late to try to tell me that it can't be done. He, he showed up just a little late. And so we're passing on the baton of faith. We're passing on hope. We're passing on servanthood. We're passing on missions. Amen. We're passing on a love for missions. I love that. Our children got to see that. Our teenagers, our teenagers at youth camp, I didn't brag about them yet, okay? 
Our teenagers at youth camp, they got to see over $7,000 be raised at their teen camp, okay? That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. They were a little stingier. They needed a little more snack shack money, Don, just a little more snack shack money. I had a student. He told me at, at kids camp, we were laughing about this. He says, he says, all I got is $2 because I got sna- to save a little money for the snack shack, okay? But I want to give to missions. That's the heart that we're talking about. That's the heart. Amen. We're passing on a love for missions. We're passing on etern- eternal life. God, we are so incredibly grateful that you would use us. Use your children and use your people today, God to do powerful things, God, supernatural things in your kingdom. God, we're so grateful today, Father, for all that you're going to do in this heart, God, in each and every heart and in this house today. Would you stand with me all over the building? You say, Pastor Mike, there's some things I've not been passing on to my children. And I feel the Holy Spirit has spoken to me today as every head is bowed and every eye is closed for just a moment, just a moment. You say, Pastor Mike, there's some things I've not been passing on to my children. And I feel convicted of the Holy Spirit right now. I feel the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart and speaking to my life that I need to be better in this area. I need to be better in this arena of my life, the life of my family. I need, as a husband, I need to lead a little better. As a wife, I need, to, I need to lead a little bit better. As a mother, as a father. And you're hearing that. Maybe as a young person, you're hearing this and you're saying, I, I need to follow my parents' directions just a little bit better. I need God to move in my heart. I need God to move in my life in this space and in this area of my life. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to me that I can do better and that I need to do better in this area. Would you just slip your hand up this morning? Just slip your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. Young people, parents, teenagers alike, children alike, all across the building. I need to do better in this area. I want to pray for you right now. God, I'm so thankful today, God, for every parent, for every young person today, God. God, you told us that if we'll be wise, God, if you want us to be wise, God, that we need to be around those that are wise. God, I'm going to get connected, God, to those people in my heart and in my life, God. God, I'm going to ask you today, God, to move mightily, God, to move supernaturally, God, in and among this congregation today, Father God, in our hearts, in our lives, in our homes, God, in and among our families, God. God, there's circumstances, God, there's passions, God. God, the word, God, Lord, the... Uh, the reading of the word, the studying, God, the memorization of the word, the, the, the lifting up of worship, God, in our homes, God. We want to pass on to the next generation, God, that we're imparting, God. We're handing off that baton into their life, God, and making sure that we're doing a good job. I pray for every student and every child and every parent, God, and every young person, God, every single adult in the house, God, that you will help us supernaturally supernaturally, that you'll help us mightily today, God, fulfill the role that you've called us to step into. We're going to thank you and bless you and praise you for it in Christ's wonderful and powerful name. Powerful name. Can you give God a hand clap of praise in the house this morning? I want to sing a worship song just for a moment, just as a space of surrender, just as a sign of surrender. That's why we do that. We just ask God to open our hearts, and we just ask God to open our lives, and we lift up, lift Him up. You can lift your hands up. It's a powerful, powerful thing when your children see you walking in a space of surrender before God Almighty, walking in a space of surrender for God's kingdom and God's purposes. 
I challenge you all over the building just to slip your hands up. If you need special prayer for anything, if you want to come down to the altar, we'd love to pray with you. Our team would love to pray with you. We'd lay hands on you and pray for you and encourage you or your family, your situation, whatever that's going on. But I want, I want us just to take a moment to just slip our hands up, just to honor God for a second. Just make that surrender once, once more today before we're dismissed. Can we just lift him up and praise him today, God?